You're listening to the Holistic Spaces podcast with Angie Cho, episode 25, Carmen Mensink Talks, Tibetan Buddhist Art. Welcome to the Holistic Spaces podcast, where we hope to inspire, educate, and empower you to create your own holistic spaces that nurture and resonate with you. Angie Cho and Laura Morris are the founders of the Mindful Design Feng Shui School. Together, they have over three decades of experience designing harmonious living spaces. Laura and Angie have guided thousands of people to shift their energy and revitalize their lives. Mindful Design School offers feng shui courses and certifications. Check us out at mindfuldesignschool.com. If you've been listening to us for a while or you're a newbie, welcome. And we hope you enjoy this earlier episode. So today I'm really excited to present a podcast that we recorded a few days ago with Carmen Mensink. So she is my Tibetan uh, sacred art teacher and she is from Holland and she has been practicing Buddhism since 1999. And at that same time, she began her training in Tibetan Tonka drawing and and painting. So um, I'm really excited to speak with her and share with you her knowledge on Tibetan Buddhist art and how that can help you create a holistic space. And Carmen has taught and teaches at great places like Omega Institute in New York, the Rubin Museum, which is a wonderful, beautiful museum here in New York of Tibetan art, and also the Tibet House. And she does private classes. And um, you can check out her website at TibetanBuddhistArt.com. And that's Tibetan-Buddhist-Art.com. And There'll be a link to that on the podcast website. And again, the podcast website is www.holisticspaces.com slash podcast. So without further ado, please enjoy our podcast. Hi, Carmen. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. We're so happy to have you. Hey, Angie. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's so wonderful to meet you. I'm really excited to have you on the podcast and talk to our listeners about your knowledge and expertise on Tibetan Buddhist art. So can you start by telling us what is Tibetan art and what are tankas and and maybe talk a little bit about the rituals in which they're made? Yes, so I'm a painter of Tibetan tankas and tankas are scroll paintings according to an old Tibetan Buddhist tradition. So it's a beautiful old tradition that I'm able to pass on and I'm asked to pass on. And you want to know a bit more about how I create them, right? Yes. Okay, so when you paint a tanka, traditionally you always paint from outside to inside. So a tanka can depict Buddhas or mandalas or Buddhist um, symbols, for example. So when I create a Buddha, for example, the Medicine Buddha, the Buddha of Healing, I would start with a meditation on the Medicine Buddha because the Buddhist practice is so connected to creating this Tibetan art. And when I paint, when I start painting, we work from outside to inside. So I would start with the landscape. And then the very last thing to do is actually the Buddha itself. And this has to do with the building up of energy because you work so long on a tanka. It takes weeks, sometimes months. 
and we were I worked with very small brushes, thin brushes. So and you create a lot of energy and concentration, and this is what is gradually built up during the weeks you work on this piece, and we need that to 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 do, do the most important thing, the Buddha itself. And the very last thing, actually, what I do is paint the face of the Buddha. And this is actually considered a little ritual. It's called the eye-opening ceremony. And it's not actually just painting in the eyes, but it's painting the whole face of the Buddha. Because the face is what makes the contact with the people looking at it. And I do it on special days, for example, full moon or one of the, one of the other um, special days in Buddhism when the energy is extra high. So this is the very last thing I would do. It's like a little ritual. And of course, also during the painting, I recite the mantra of the Buddha to really make a connection with that Buddha energy. And what about the, the mantra that you paint on the back of the face? Ah, yes, you remember. So on the back of a tanka, once it's completely finished, the tanka painter can paint a blessing on the back. And it's usually the, the mantra blessing, Om Ahum. Yeah, this is a special blessing that you paint on the back of a tanka, on the back of the Buddha, actually, on forehead, throat, and heart chakra. And then you can add more prayers if you want to. And then it's really considered finished and something outside of you. And then if you want, you can also go to a Tibetan Buddhist Lama and have him bless your tanka as well. And when a Lama blesses your artwork, He's really making the energy of the Buddha come out, making it alive. So can you also tell us a little bit about how hanging a tanka or any kind of um, sacred art in your space, how can that enhance your environment and enhance your holistic space? Well, I, you know, I would, in a Buddhist philosophy, uh, a Buddha is considered as a kind of role model. Huh? The Buddha was just a human being like you and me, but by developing his mind and training his consciousness, he reached higher levels of consciousness until he reached the highest level called enlightenment, place where there's no suffering anymore. So if you would hang a Buddha in your home, you can see it as a role model, as a reminder of that, that we're all able to develop our minds. And also as a reminder that we should not waste this precious life. Yes, in feng shui we have some cures where, for instance, you would place a spiritual reminder like a Buddha or a Tanka in, at your entry. So you, it's the first thing that you see when you leave and when you come into your home as a spiritual reminder. And there's also areas of the feng shui bagua map like like the self-knowledge area where you can use that to enhance. Or for instance, on my on my desk, my work desk, I have a Kuan Yin in the relationship area to remind me to have compassion and to be a true bodhisattva and to support my clients and people around me. And, and as a spiritual reminder that that's how I want to approach my relationships. And um, yeah, there's definitely like really beautiful ways to use that art. Um, so also, could you tell us a little bit about any rules or suggestions um, or guidelines as to how to place them in your home, like in terms of how to hang them, where they should be located? You know, this, um, 
this art is considered dharma material, which means that it's best to treat it with respect. So if you'd hang a tanka, it's always best to hang it higher than your own head, you know, or place a statue quite high up. It's just treated with respect. But again, you know, the Buddha wouldn't mind because he's already enlightened. It's more a practice for yourself, like a mindfulness practice. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I was talking to one of my meditation teachers and he was... Um, the attendant to the Sakyong in the Shambhala tradition. And, and in Tibet, in Tibetan Buddhism, there's a concept of la, la, nyan, and lu, which loosely relates to um, heaven, human, and earth. And he was saying, even like with your clothing, you can place them according to that. So you would not place your socks like on the dining room table, right? You would place the socks near the floor. Yeah. Things that go on your yeah. feet go near the floor. And then like more spiritual books you would place up higher. So this would yes. be the same with um, with the Tibetan art. It's exactly the same. It's exactly the same. And for example, if somebody gives you a card of a Buddha or something else that you don't want anymore, they say it's better to burn it than to throw it away with all your other trash mm -hmm. in a trash can. Mm -hmm. Better to burn it, you know, for to purify the karma. Yeah, you know, and also in my flower practice, we do that too. After we're done with the ikebana um, or kata arrangement, um, my teacher taught me that we cut into small pieces mm -hmm. and then we put it in a little package, like a little... Yeah wrap it up in paper and then not to just throw it away in the garbage and also i've read like in so what do you do with it then so you wrap it up yeah and then you throw it away in a little package ah. rather than just putting it just into your garbage so then it doesn't touch the rest of the garbage yes oh i see so um finally i just wanted to wrap up with um a question about how have you created your own holistic spaces in your life mm. So I think the first thing that comes into my mind is, you know, a corner in my living room where I have the green Tara Tanka that I made a long time ago. And green Tara is the special female deity. It's actually the most famous female deity in Tibetan Buddhism, which I like very much that it's not only male dominated, but there are a lot of female deities and I really consider Green Tara as a role model. I really want to be like her. She's the um, embodiment of active compassion. You know, most Buddhas have their legs fully crossed. So Green Tara has her right leg stretched out, meaning that she's always ready to immediately step down and help where needed. You know, if people or beings are in danger, for example, she's there to step out immediately. And so one of her main aspects is that she's completely fearless. She knows no fear. Well, I would love to reach that state, and I think many of us, because um, wouldn't it be nice to just have no fear at all? So actually, the green Tara spot is actually a spot in my house that I created with all female Buddhas, also Kuan Yin, you were just talking about. Um, she reminds me of that. She reminds me of going there on my spiritual path and reaching that same state. And I love your green tarad. So you have the one that you painted? Yes, uh, I think I painted it in 2003. 
long time ago. So you guys can check that out on Carmen's website. So Carmen, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge with us. And I, I'm looking forward to us putting together that blog post on, on oh, Tibetan symbols too. That would be great, Angie. And I, I love meeting you and thank you for inviting me for this podcast. And um, yeah, the blog is about uh, Tibetan symbols, right? Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this earlier episode of the Holistic Spaces podcast. Now you can tune in every Monday for a new podcast episode. If you like our podcast and this episode, please share the podcast with others. Subscribe and even better, leave a review. If you'd like to explore the world of holistic spaces and feng shui on an even deeper level, Please visit our website, online store, and blog for more information about feng shui and holistic living. You can visit holisticspaces.com. Support the podcast by checking out our certification and mini courses at mindfuldesignschool.com. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week.